SABC 97.3. Morning team, four minutes past five, come on, wakey, well, I don't want anybody half asleep this morning because you need to be on the ball because, boy, we've got some stories which are going to get you going today. Oh, dear, we've got stories about... People who are living on a caravan site. We've got uh, stories about, uh, sorry about fern cotton. Uh, we've got more stories from the Big Brother house than you can shake a stick at. Only because it's actually quite interesting because they've now come up with uh, the fact that they might investigate Coolio for bullying. Now, to be honest with you, I watched the program. I've seen the highlights. I've seen all the bits. He's not bullying. I tell you exactly what it. Oh, that's no, sad. Uh, sorry. Anyway, thinking, thinking out aloud. Uh, I'll tell you what it is. It's Michelle Heaton, uh, drip of the world and uh, real gutter sort of person, trying to work out what story she can sell when she gets out. Don't ever underestimate this little minx. Don't ever think, because you know she's as hard as an old brass. We know that because we've seen it on the television. We've listened to her. Well, yeah, she talks like that. And she's a little bit hard. This is the... No, I'm no, I'm not wearing any knickers today. You think, we know what you are, darling. But anyway, there she is, crying. Why was she crying? Why was she crying? I'll tell you why. Because Julio suggested that she might fancy Ben Adams. And so the... <laughs> she'd think of me. And you think, you old tramp. We know what you are, darling. You've sold enough stories of your blooming love life. Even your ex-husband says you're a tramp. Even your old, your ex-husband, Andy Scott, the plank Lee, was out there the other day saying she started cheating on me within seven weeks of being married. So we know what she is. All we're doing is trying to work out why she's saying it. And last night it all just fell into place for me. She sits there crying in front of Big Brother because she's able to, because she's from up north. And if you're from up north, you can turn on the waterworks like that because most of the time you spend with mittens on and your whippet and your flat cap and you just think life couldn't get any worse unless you get your tits out. So consequently, she's thinking it's a bit difficult for me. So she's thinking, what store, when I come out, wait a minute, who's going to be interested in me? Okay, The Guardian, probably not. The Times. I don't think so. The Telegraph, no. OK, Take a Break magazine's going to be going for me in a big way, and, and probably closer. And with a bit of luck, I can probably get... Oh, God, I hope I get a picture in the Daily Star. OK, there'll be a picture of me in my bra and pants, because it'll be one of the rare occasions I'm actually wearing any, uh, if she's wearing it. Although, strangely enough, she is on the front page of the Daily Star today, actually wearing bra and pants and, uh, and holding a whip. So, a brass with attitude. So, anyway, so, or brass with attitude. So, anyway, so there she is, and she's thinking, wait a minute, I've got to get stories. Okay, the story is Julio. You, um, listen, mark my words, this is how it will pan out. I felt I was being bullied, and I didn't even know the man. He made me feel cheap. I didn't like being bullied by. I bet you anything, I bet you anything. These are the stories that she'll be flogging when she comes out. There'll be a photo shoot, and, uh, and there'll be various other things. And then the rest of us will be going, oh, I wish you'd sod off back north. You know, we don't really want you down here. You're a bit of an embarrassment to us southern people, because we're all fairly refined, and, and, and we don't like this sort of cheap, tacky thing that advertises in phone boxes type person. We don't like that. Down here, we want to... It's London. It's nice. You know, admittedly, when I drove through Leicester Square earlier on, there were a few old brasses standing outside on the pavement. They'd come outside of a club, and I don't want to be rude to them. They know they've all got a living to make, but frankly, wearing a little tiny skirt that looked like a belt, and then on top of that, a little tiny see-through blouse and a little handbag and no coat and scarf, you know, you're bound to catch a cold, aren't you? If you go out there, and in fact, if proof were needed, open up the papers today and you'll see a picture of somebody called uh, Lady Gaga. 
Lady Gaga, I mean, either, I mean, I don't know what it's working as, part-time, but she's turned up to some, some sort of gig somewhere, and she's wearing bra and pants. And for some strange reason, I mean, look at this, I mean, this is an outfit she's wearing at night. There you go, Amanda, look at that. Okay? Is this an outfit to be wearing at night with sunglasses? Can you see it? It's just, it's, it's... It's like a Catwoman outfit. I mean, I don't know who you are, Poppy, or what you, your real name's probably Mildred or something like that, because they generally are my name Lady Gaga, okay? And uh, and so she here it is. She's wearing next to nothing, and and a pair of sunglasses. I mean, I suppose really because if you didn't have the sunglasses, this outfit on, you'd just be another bleach blonde old bint walking around town. Look at. But if you go out wearing your sunglasses and this peculiar little outfit, you've had your five minutes. And that's, that's it. So well done, because you've got your five minutes of fame. We're very happy for you. Now go home, dear. All right, go home, put some clothes on, do us all a favour. OK? Don't want to be bitter about this, but by God, we're laying into them this morning. Still to come, the story of the people who live on a caravan park. <laughs> because it's, it's a very interesting story. And the reason I tell you it's an interesting story is because it's costing you, the ratepayer, money. And there's a reason why it's costing you money, and I shall tell you about it a little bit later, because it's so good, I just don't want to waste it. Uh, and before you ask, I did not have the curry sauce yesterday. Uh, I did smell it all the way home on the train. Oh, delicious. Oh, it's lovely. But then I went for the blood test. And, and I don't know why, because when I do... And I almost do it this morning, actually. But when I, when I do my, my blood, the needle is about half an inch long. When they do a blood test, the needle is two inches it's actually quite a long needle, and I don't know why it's got to be <laughs> so long, but normally they do my right arm, and they, they, they strap it up and they, they find the vein, eventually. Uh, but this time, my, my nurse uh, did the left arm, and I've never had the left arm done before. And I remember looking at it thinking, right, oh, I've still got the plaster on there. Where's the vein? I can't see the vein. So what they have to do is they have to slide the needle. Whoa, you're all going, stop, 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 into the vein. Now, I always look at the ceiling. And I think, of, I think of nice things like kittens and chocolate biscuits and sex. And, and I look at the ceiling, and I look at my nurse, and I was like, no, let's take, out the, uh, let's take out the sex and the chocolate biscuits and just think of kittens, which is quite nice. Because she's diabetic as well, but she injects four times a day. Four times a day, poor soul. So we're sort of, we're there, and I'm looking at the ceiling, and I'm thinking, any minute now that needle's going to go in, it's in. Oh, it's in. And you kind of breathe in with it. And she goes, you're doing very well, you're doing very... I'm thinking, I'm 54. <laughs> 54. And she's going, you're doing very well, very well. And, and it's in there. And what, what they do is, once they've actually put the needle in, she leaves it there, and she holds it there and clips on the files at the end and draws out a syringeful. And then she takes that one off, and then another syringe... And then she pushes that, that pulls it up again. And then, so in, in the end, we do three syringefuls of blood. It's quite horrible, let me tell you. So I'm looking, I'm trying to be all brave. And she goes, right, now we're going to take it out. And of course, when they take it out, you've got to be careful the blood doesn't spurt out. So they always put the cotton wool over the end. And then I have to sit there and then they give me a little round plaster, which is quite nice. And I said to her, when I've done my blood before, I've, I've done the thing in the finger, which doesn't bother me. It just goes, ow. And sometimes I've taken it out and the blood spurts out. I said, have you ever done that? She said, yeah. So it's quite normal. And she said, how are you doing on the legs with the, with the, the injector? I said, that's fine. I said, it's just when you have the, um, the blood taken and it's just such a big needle. Why it can't be a little needle? I've got no idea. But uh, in the end, it just takes a few minutes and I was out. Oh, I tell you, I was over the road to Mars and Spencer straight away. Sausages. And today we've got some more of the tiny tangerines. Whoa! Because I'd forgotten, sorry the noise, I'd forgotten I had them in the fridge. And they're absolutely delicious. But then yesterday, Tony... 
You know, Tony and Stella, who've got the Riverside Cafe in Twickenham. I did go in there with Mike, the hairdresser, and we did have... Let's just call it a fry-up later. It, it kind of made me feel a bit better about life. So I had double egg, chips, sausage, uh, beans, and a two-ounce hamburger. Yum, 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 yum. All for a fiver. It's not bad value, I tell you. So uh, Tony said, I knew you hadn't been eaten today. So uh, he'll be there smiling. <laughs> right, now... What else are we doing today? Oh, yes, I'll come around to your texts and emails in a second. Just just bear with me. Because Dawn was listening to the programme yesterday with one of those pillow speakers. Now, I've had a pillow speaker before, but I've, I've, I've lost the blooming thing. I don't know where it's gone to. And uh, she says, uh, it, it, well, I was too lazy and cosy to actually email. You were saying that Paul has a birthday coming up in April. Yours is sooner in March. Another birthday before yours. It's lovely Steve Hargrave. Yes, he's on the 17th of Feb. I remember his birthday, because it's exactly a month before yours, and your birthday, you share your birthday with my sister Lisa, also born on St Patrick's Day. The Croydon Christmas video has only had 619 hits so far. Quite a lot, considering you first mentioned it on Wednesday morning. Well, I think we need a few more thousand on this one. I mean, I find very churlish of you, ladies and gentlemen. And so, if you haven't logged on, it, it comes under, I think, Dawn will tell... Is it, does it come under Steve Allen Show Croydon, or something like that? If you can send us what, what the link is, I'll make sure that we, we put it on the blog later, so people can have a check at what we look like at Croydon, gosh, all those months ago now, and the snow, and Richard singing, and Paul Savory, and Alan Dodgen, and uh, the sound quality's not, not absolutely tip-top, because you can quite imagine people sitting there and clapping and singing and stuff like that. So if you send us a link, Dawn... Or just what the uh, thing should be, then I'll, I'll make sure it goes on the blog. OK, I've decided that the Croydon Christmas video is looking a bit lonely on my YouTube page. So I've added my video recording of the Fancy Toys singing Fancy Toys. They've got a gig tonight in Paris, three next week in London. I'm going to two of them, and I think they're great. Quite unique. Bit like Marmite, though. You'll either love them or not. I like both, she says. Marmite and them. I love Marmite. I spoke to somebody the other day, went, Marmite, ooh, no... You think, what's the matter with people? Don't like Marmite. Everybody likes Marmite. Everybody uh, likes Marmite. Uh, Simon says, uh, the other day, James O'Brien said in show, you shopped at Lidl and then put your shopping into M&S bags. He's not actually using that same line that he used more than two years ago, is he? He used that two years ago. Unless, of course, Simon, you're listening to a, an old recording. Because you know sometimes, and I'm not speaking out of turn here, you know sometimes the O'Brien show isn't live. You know, it sounds like... It's not live. It's a recording. And you know some of the callers that come on sound alikes. Sound alikes. I can tell you this, because coming up on The Breakfast Show this morning is, is the bloke who does most of the voices for some of the O'Brien callers onto his programme. I don't want to say any more about it, but I'm just saying that if you thought yesterday's programme was live... <laughs> right. No, sometimes it's... If, if he actually gets up late in the morning, if he has a late night, because you know he's actually building his own house at the moment. It actually came in kit form, and he's sort of putting it together in Chiswick or something like that. And it's a slow process, because he, he won't spend the money on builders. I'm not saying he's tight or mean or careful, but he won't spend the money. So he's putting his house together, so sometimes he phones up, like, you know, normally he'd be phoning up now saying, listen, I'm not in today, so we've just put out the recording. And so what we do is they then have to get the sound-alike in, who sort of does the, oh, this is James O'Brien, you know, and does some funny voices. Uh, for, you probably noticed yesterday there were more funny voices than ever. It wasn't him. Because he actually isn't funny. He doesn't do any funny voices at all. Producer's now fallen off the chair. Oh, God, oh, God, what's he saying? What's he saying? I don't know, but whatever it is, it's good fun. But it's quarter past five. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's LBC 97.3. You, you try it today. You ever listen and try and work out if it's live or Memorex. I bet you can't tell. bet you can't tell. 
Morning, team. 18 minutes past five is the top Friday. Is this week going quickly? No, I didn't think so. I think it, it goes like any other... You know, you know, people say, oh, this week's gone really quick. And you think, why would you say that? And people go, I can't believe it's Friday. You go, yeah, but yesterday was Thursday. And the day before was Wednesday. It never goes any quicker. I wish it did. Jimmy in Lancashire says, I always get loads of bruising when I have my blood taken. And I like Marmite on bacon muffins. There's probably a joke there, Jimmy being in Lancashire. It's the biggest aspidistra in the world. Uh, Angela says, I'm on the ball this morning. Well, I was until you started talking about blood. Now I've almost passed out. It'll be all right in a minute when I've recovered. Get me a cup of tea. Peter in Broccoli. Did you see the item about chuggers on the one show last night? No one said a good word about them, and one charity spokesman said what they do is against the law. Oh, it's not against the law. It's definitely not against the law. What they do is they're actually going out. If people are stupid enough to stand there listening to these people without asking the important question, how much are you being paid for this? That's all you've got to ask them. And they will tell you, if they're honest, but they won't be, £8 an hour. £8. And you say, but you're only asking for £3 a month. So how many people do you need to sign up before the charity gets any money? That's the question. And they, they have a set script, chuggers. As you know, we've done chuggers to death on the programme. Frankly, all you've got to do is just knee them in the nether regions and they go down like a pack of cards. And it's great, you just carry on walking. Because I see it as begging. I didn't think you were allowed to beg in this country. Although we seem to have them all over the blooming place. We've still got the useless violinist in Twickenham. Soon as somebody gets rid of him, the better. I don't know why the police walk past there and just sort of let this man sit there. He's begging. I think If I stood... You know, on the street, excuse me, I have some money. The police would clear me along straight. It's almost worth trying, isn't it, I think? Almost worth trying. But, uh, but they, they never seem to do anything about that. And yet, chuggers, hello, hello, you've got two minutes? No, I haven't. you got a minute? No, I haven't. What is it about, why don't you just off that you're not understanding? Get them all the time. All the time. 84850, steve at The BBC, I see, have uh, absolutely plumbed new depths. They breathlessly reported the theft of a hamster. Yes, apparently. It was uh, on the bottom of the screen, screaming, hamster theft. I mean, you can't believe that the BBC are wasting time on things like this. But uh, Lassie the hamster was nicked, complete with cage from its Worcestershire home. Burglars also grabbed a games console, a TV and half a bottle of milk. Apparently, the, the BBC say, it was one of our lighter items. Oh, right, so you didn't even take it seriously, the fact that the family pet had been stolen. It was just a joke item. Good on the BBC. So, shame if you have got a, a pet and it gets stolen, because the BBC will just take the mickey out of you. This miracle of the Airbus ditching in water. The good news is that all 153 on board walked to safety, and the reason they did is because the thing had only been in the air for three minutes. Three minutes, came down, landed on the Hudson River, started drifting away. Enough boats on the Hudson River to get people out as quick as possible. There were so many boats around there within seconds, so that's good. And the, the reason it stayed afloat so long was because the tanks were only half full. If the tanks had been full up and it was doing long haul, then it probably would have sunk quite quickly. But luckily, it didn't. So that was good, wasn't it? So good for those people there. Uh, I see Prince William has had to use a loophole to fulfil his dream of being an RAF pilot because he wears glasses. Now, you and I know that you cannot, uh, I'm afraid, become a pilot unless you've got 20-20 vision. He hasn't, and yet quite clearly they've had to think of something for him to do. It's either that or knitting or crochet. And, uh, and so they've given him spectacles to wear because he wears spectacles. Well, you shouldn't be flying if you've got spectacles. So he's now got these shatterproof specs on. But you're supposed to have 20-20 vision, so the RAF have bent the rules. But as I'm an RAF family boy, I don't care. 
I don't care. One of the big mysteries of the of the age is how Fern Cotton, that's cotton for brains, ever actually gets uh, a gig at all. This one, this one, this one. God, dear, honestly, hopeless, isn't it? You look nice. Would you? Thank you. Very nice, actually. I'm Thank quite you. impressed. I think yeah. I got them unchanged. Oh, OK. <laughs> well, you should do, really. I mean, there is a dress code on <laughs> really? the... Do you know that there's a dress... I discovered the other day that there is a dress code. Wait a minute, we'll turn, turn your mic on. Hang on a sec. So don't, don't, don't say anything just yet. But there is a dress code on Classic FM. Apparently, you have to wear uh, a suit. I'm told you have to wear a suit. I thought you were going to say dungarees and trainers. Well, dungarees for some of the women, but <laughs> mainly the men are wearing... <laughs> it's a little bit sort of down on the farm. Really? Yeah, I'm so impressed. they they wear suits. And what about the other channels, other stations? Well, if if you go a little bit further along the corridor, there's Exfem. Exfem. Uh, down there. They don't wear uh, suits. Well, they have uh, something called Zane. I don't know if it's a surname or a first name, but anyway, he wears very, very tight trousers. Really? Alex Zing on Xfm. <laughs> and he's there and it's got down happening with the kids. <laughs> and he's got very thin legs. I know this because I've seen Victoria Beckham's and I've seen his. And they're similar. Because he stands outside the front door of all the people on Xfm <laughs> stand outside the front door after I finish. It's almost like a, a, a wake as you go out. And they're all there. <sighs> Like, you know, dreadful. You see people outside buildings all the time. I was one of them, so I know what it's like. But he's got the thinnest legs. They're like, they're like this. Really? And he wears those trousers, worn by other people on Xfem. Called skinnies. Are they skinnies? They're called skinny jeans. Whatever they are, yeah, they kind of trousers. fit. Whereas I've got trousers which, you know, you could get three people in my leg. Yeah, well, you, you couldn't wear a skinny jeans. I couldn't wear skinny no. jeans. No. Not at my age. Not at my age, no. either. Well, I'm not even sure at his age, either, <laughs> Mr Zane of Some Xfem. people can get through, get, get through it away with it, though. Can they? Yeah. I have it's a producer a on one of my programmes here, uh, Matt, who, I mean, he could be anything between 40 and 50. I've got no idea how old he is. But he wears skinny trousers like Mr Zane on Xfem, and, and his are halfway down his bottom. Oh, no, that's, that's the thing. And is this it? fashion? Yes. And what well, about why? The... What is fashionable about Are they so? very, very thin at the bottom? I don't like to ask or look or anything like that. they used to wear like in the 50s. Well, I don't think he's that old. <laughs> he's not, but the, the style is. <laughs> he might be that Styles old. Style's just come round and round Alex Zane could be that old. I mean, I don't know. Well, I think we're going to have a quality look at him after the you show. You have a look at him as you go out. He does look like he's, he's plugged his fingers into a socket and the hair's gone like that. That's a good look. I look yeah. like that when I got out of bed this morning. I look like that too. But I found hair gel. Oh, did you? Well, sort of. It's not very good today, is it? You know, stra- oh dear, this coffee's revolting. <laughs> uh, strangely enough, how much blood did they actually take yesterday? An armful. Really? Armful. I've got a eight bucket? pints. I'm due eight pints. <laughs> an armful. It's it just. I mean, I just look. I just look away like that. Do you feel better? Um, Have you eaten? When I walked home from here yesterday, when I left here yesterday, my legs were decidedly weak. That's because you hadn't eaten for... Because I hadn't eaten anything. 16 hours, is it? No, for about 12, 12 hours. Whatever it was, I needed something to eat because I thought my legs are going to give way here. But luckily, she was very pleased because I do walking every morning. I said, and I do stairs and everything. Stairs and everything. Did you get rid of the stair lift then? Well, I'm having it taken out. <laughs> I'm having it put in XFM. You should have one, should have one of those beds. And my next door neighbour. Have you seen them on the telly? What, the beds? The beds that. G- my next door neighbour bought one just recently for her son. Really? Big boy. Right. Oh. <laughs> why, why would she tell you that? Wouldn't we? Because I see him every time. But oh. she did buy him. Did buy um, him one of these beds. He right. doesn't work for XFM either. No. Um, and it no, it's XFM. XFM. 
<laughs> and the bed is fantastic. Is it? Does it have mo- motors in the back? Um... Yeah, a motor. It goes up at the back. It wow. goes up. Your legs go up. Well, you've got fitted flat. sheets. I mean, they must be stretched to, to capacity. No, I think, I think they're okay. They move with yeah, it. They move with it. Oh. He sits propped up all the time. I said, he'll get used to that, you know. Is, is what, is he disabled? Or no. Oh, right. He just sits propped up. <laughs> he sits propped up and has his computer in bed and then plays computer games and things like that. Oh, right. He's 63. <laughs> 63? <laughs> How old is she? <laughs> no. 90. <laughs> She's it's her youngest. She's a little bit younger than me, and he's about 23. Yeah. Good But Lord. he does have this wonderful, wonderful bed, and she got it in the sale. And it was only 700 quid. Good Lord. But they're about 2,000, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. That sounds like I could, I'd ride a bed like no, that. No, I'd love one. I think I'd spend my whole life sort of making it move, so I was like rocking on the ocean. Or I'd something. never get up. No. I'd just prop myself up and watch loose women. Yes, I can't watch that. Ever since I discovered that Denise, whatever her name is, in the middle, is, uh, has suffered from depression for years, and by God, as she bore <laughs> the pants off everyone telling him about it. She's also quite clearly sex mad. All she talks about is pornography. Really? All she talks about is sex. In the oh, middle of the afternoon. In the middle of the afternoon, this woman is quite clearly, I mean, imbalanced somewhere. Uh, next to her, Sherry Hewson, who's just barking. I mean, no, t- come on, she goes, come on, like this. I'm thinking, no, go away, go away. She thinks she's in pantomime. It was so funny because she was, she was saying, oh, I was fantasising about Cary Grant. I thought, well, that's some fantasy, you know, for, for a man who's sort of played both sides of the fence. Absolutely. Uh, and, and quite vociferously. And, of course, she obviously is blissfully unaware about this. And, and Carol, of course. Yes, Carol's engaged. I know, I met him. I know. You I met, met him. him. Yes. Is he about three or something? Three and a half. Three and a half. He's a- very young, I know that. Absolutely gorgeous. Really? He's one of those people. How did she get that? I have no idea. I said, whatever. Is she you paying? No, <laughs> she's not paying. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, how she else? Was, <laughs> she was doing a bit of extra work on Saturday night. Um, not that kind of work. She was on the street. <laughs> he hadn't pushed her out onto the street corner and said, go on, go. Love, keep me in, you know, jeans for the next yeah. week. But I said, where's Mark then? His name's Mark, by the way. Right. And uh, she'd always in the toilet. And how old is he? I thought, really? In about the toilet? 20 something. In our nightclub. I wouldn't go in that oh toilet. Lord. I'd make sure you go somewhere else. But anyway, he came out and he's young. 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 Younger. Younger. Oh, younger. Younger than most well, people. What, what does he do? I don't. I think he works at the, um, at the television studios. Oh, she's picked up one of the crew again. Oh, God, <laughs> blimey. Carol, I've told you before, leave them alone. Very most of them handsome. Are gay. Most of them are gay. Very handsome. Don't Don't let him out of his sight. No. Certainly not. No. No. But he hasn't been- they haven't been photographed together yet, have they? No. But I've seen them in the flesh together. They look fine. They look fine, do they? Yes. They look loved up. Do they hold hands? No, 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 no. Oh, she's not- No, the only thing she had in her hand was a large, um, drink. Yes, (laughs) well, that- (laughs) figures. That was- that did have priority, (laughs) let me assure you. We'll have to take a short break. Listen, more about this, and also more of one of the great mysteries and pains of 2009, which is, uh, how Fern Cotton ever gets booked. Ali Ross asks the question today, and says, there she is. She's obviously the person they go to when they need somebody to sprout absolute drivel for 90 minutes. How she gets the gig, I will never- know. I can guess. LBC 97.3. Steve Allen. Steve Allen. Text 84850. Steve Allen. LBC. 
nice, isn't it? It was this, I remember years and years ago. So when, when you when you get your first jingle, when when you, you join a radio station and say we've got a jingle, and you listen to it, you go, oh, that's somebody saying my name, <laughs> and and you never quite get over the shock of it. Now, of course, it kind of brushes over your head until you listen to it. Steve Allen, LBC, it you know, and then you try and imagine Steve Allen, Classic FM, <laughs> Steve Allen, XFM, 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 all those people with very tight trousers. It's all a bit worrying, actually. I think it's Steve Allen, Kaching, Kaching, that's my Kaching, Kaching. I love it. I like that. I love, it. I love well. saying it. It rolls around your mouth beautifully. It certainly does. Um, <laughs> at, at the moment, I'm, I'm taking a look at the high street just to see how, how, by how much the shops can reduce things. Right. And I went in the other day, and, and I'll make no, but I'll tell you exactly where I went. Graham and I had walked, you know, because he, he is, um, his uh, wife lives, ex-wife lives down in Sussex. And uh, so every day we do this walk to Richmond. And some days you feel like, yesterday I was feeling a bit tired, but we did walk to Richmond. And uh, the day before, we called into a shop on Richmond Bridge called on- Oliver Bonas. Mm-hmm. Now, I think you must have them in Camden. It's a chain where they sell. They've got lamps in the window and um, china and bits of um, Oliver Bonas. Anyway, whatever it is, I think it's, I think it's a chain, pretty certain. And they had, a gla- uh, they had a set of crystal dark glasses. Right. Dark now, glass. No, dark. D apostrophe A R C. Oh, dark. Yeah. Crystal dark. Yeah, of it's, it's a manufacturer. Dark. Yeah, of course. Which was quite good. Yeah. And I remember having them years ago because they did wine goals. But now they do this funky set of I think four or five glasses. One is in pink, bright pink. Mm-hmm. One is in purple, and and they're really fabulous. And there's I think four or five in a set. And I looked at them, and Graham bought some mugs for some friends. And I said, "How much are they?" And she said, "They're uh, thirty-four pounds." So I thought, "It's too much. It's crystal dark." It's too much money. So I thought, I'm going to find out whether you can get them cheaper. So I go on the internet last night, and I find them on a website. Unfortunately, they're out of stock, but they're only £23. For the same set of glasses, £23. So in Oliver Bonas, 34 on this website, £23. So I'm thinking, I'm going to wait until this website's got them back in. Amanda paid, paid 25 quid. I'm not paying £34, because Graham said, oh, shall I negotiate a discount for you? I said, they're not going to go down to what I think... I said, I think they're worth about 15 to 20 quid. Probably, well, that's what they buy them in for. That's what I would think. Also, £34 well, pounds is too much money, and I'm not, <coughs> I'm not prepared in the days of recession. When I can get it for 23 why would you pay 34 No matter well, how much you want them. Well, of course, that they website nice. doesn't have to pay rent and rates and all no, that true. kind of but thing. they are nice glasses. Are if you nice? saw them in the box, you'd go... To, and they do, um, they do champagne flutes in bright mm. red, all the multicolours, and, and I'm thinking... Years ago, crystal dark, many people of my age will think that was the glasses you gave somebody when you used to give a set of glasses as a present. Like to a wedding. At to a, a wedding. Yes. You'd go, oh, I've got you some crystal dark, and people are going, oh, God, have you? <laughs> <laughs> but, but now they're actually quite <laughs> funky, and I, I wouldn't mind them. There were those, weren't there? There was crystal dark, and then there was Edinburgh crystal. Oh, which used right. to have the little blue label on the on the um, oh, right. on the glass. Do you remember China Craft, the shop? Yeah, I love Because they used to do, and if you, if, if you go to Costco, they do Ladro. Ladrum. Now it's the Spanish thing is that Spanish? It's Spanish. Yeah. All all I call it is the dust collecting stuff mm. because you're going to forever be dusting it. So there was someone on one of those home makeover shows. Yeah. It might have been that woman that goes around the houses. What's it? What's she called? Anne Maurice. Oh, I like her. Yes, who always wants to put a mirror up somewhere. We like Anne Maurice. <laughs> well, she went into someone and they had loads of ladro, yeah. and she said. This has to go. This has to go. Yes. It's cluttering everything. It does. It does. Because play. people collected it and people got it. For but they do big pieces. Presents. I mean, huge. huge pieces, which like girl on a swing or something. You know, I mean, really enormous. Mm. Capitamonte is the other one. Capitamonte. That's where we will have sort of the sure. card players at a table. It's beautifully made, but I just don't know where you'd put it. And then they have the Toby jugs, of course. Oh, 
I quite like Toby you Jugs. Like in a peculiar sort of strange British kind of way, I do. It's very English. And they've been going back since forever, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. I mean, the old... Not Wedgwood, but what was the company that made them? There's Wedgwood and then there's... What's the other major company? I don't know. Can't remember. There's, Some, a, there's another China company, yeah. isn't there, that makes them? Yeah. But right, well, so what have you found in the set? What it, look, well, apart from the fact that everybody's uh, Ali Ross is asking the question, which I asked about two years ago: How does Fern Cotton, thick as a brick cotton, ever get a gig on television? She's uh, she's every channel's go to cretin when they need somebody says to spout air for ninety minutes. There she was gushing away at Sky One's Golden Globes red carpet live. Oh, there's a lady in a dress. There's an old lady in a dodgy dress. There's another lady in a nice dress. She is the most vacuous old bag you've ever seen on the television. Unfortunately, when they do her up with makeup and hair, she looks great, and then she ruins it and opens her mouth. It's a bit Joe Swash. Joe Swash, you know, lovely, and then he opens his mouth, but and you go, oh, shut up. She's in favour with the royals, isn't she? Didn't she interview Harry and, um, William? Yeah, but they go for things like that, but they can't well, probably trendy. understand what she's talking about. <laughs> Poor girl. Because she's like, Well, that's the way they are now, isn't it? Well, then why? They don't speak properly anymore. Well, Harry and, and William, you can understand. Well, they have to. They're royal. Yeah, I'm <laughs> Poor old Charles. A bit like that. <laughs> Camilla has, has him hold up sign language. She's a bit Audrey Roberts. <laughs> what, Camilla? <laughs> An old hairdresser with a fag problem. <laughs> Not that kind of fag. No, exactly. Fag. Oh, I don't know, though. Steve, <laughs> <laughs> uh, add the cost of posting. You may as well buy them from the shop. Don't be so ridiculous. £23. The postage and packing is not going it's to be... be about 4 95 Yes, I would think less than 4 95 And they're wrapped individually as well, which is good. Dorm and Dom. Uh, is fantastic. Uh, Gordon and Sarah. Uh, <laughs> Jenny Barnett tickets almost sold out. Really? Really? <laughs> investigate. Heavens above, we have to investigate. We have to investigate. She's been buying them up herself. She like must have been buying them herself. <laughs> when you know your company's in, you start buying your own shares, don't <laughs> you? <laughs> I'll tell you what I found quite interesting the other day. I bought from Mott's and Spencer's. I went shopping Mott's and Spencer's and I bought... They're chips, which the, which come oh, right. the pub range, chips. not the frozen chips, but the pub range. All oh, right, because they're quite nice. Oh yes, oh, the, oh yes, yes, yes. They're I like the, the gastro pub. Yeah, they're very, very nice, yeah. very nice. And I bought a cucumber. All oh, right. So I get these home, and I thought, well, I'll have a slice of cucumber in my gin because I do like that, and it does make the gin taste completely different. So I opened this cucumber, which was wrapped in cellophane, and then when I got the cucumber out, it was wrapped in cling film. And I thought, well, there's two bits of wrapping that's not necessary. What happened to the days where you just picked up a cucumber and put it in your bag? It has to be triple and quadruple wrapped. And then I got the chips out, and there was a tray, and then there was a big packaging thing all around it. Then the instructions. And by that time, the bin was full by the time I put them all in there. It's madness, the amount of packaging. And I think that if Mars Suspensions should just change their whole way and should do a thing where they say, OK, minimum packaging. Yeah. We are not going to fill your bin for you. And they're going to put things out sensibly so you just pick them up, put them in your trolley, take them home, and they've not got wrapping all around it. And I bet everybody would buy more. There you go. She sold 32 seats. Oh, really? <laughs> out of, out of well, 750. It's a small <laughs> no, it's 750. <laughs> perhaps she thought it was 75. She sold 32. 32. Unfortunately, all, all those white bits there are the bits that aren't sold. Oh, dear. I know. So, so in the upstairs, she sold four. Not competing with Oliver, then. Not competing <laughs> with Oliver at all, who had £15 million. Pounds. I know, crazy, crazy. Yeah, and 32. And for some reason... It is early days yet. It would have to be. Plug it. Yes. When no, no. Uh, ages, ages. <laughs> ages. But she's done thir- 32, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> You're so <laughs> And she's bitter. not at Fairfield Halls at all. 
No. She's at the Ashcroft. In the annex. Yeah, she's in the <laughs> annex, I'm afraid. <laughs> See, rather than blame the chuggers, surely we ask the charities why they employ them. Um, no, I'm blaming the chuggers, I'm afraid, for taking on the work and depriving the charity of the money. If, they've had, uh, if they had any conscience, then they, they wouldn't be out there uh, lining their own pockets. What's a chugger? The, people in the, the chugger are people who stand there with their jackets on. Hmm? And they, they come up to you and go, Hey, you've got two minutes. Oh, I can't bear them. Yeah. They're at Camden Town Tube Station. Vile, vile. I, I, I always floor them. Whenever they're around our area, we floor them straight away. They're actually actors. A lot of them are out-of-work actors yeah. or students. They're always quite good-looking. Yes, they're always... They're mainly acting students. Mm. And they have a set script to follow. Hello. And they mainly target... Um, pensioners. Pensioners or students. Yes, people who just yeah. can't say no. I've actually told a few of them to off. Have you? Yeah. You swore them. Absolutely. Because as far as I, I see it, I couldn't give a stuff who they are. They're beggars. They're beggars on the street, and what they're doing is they're lying to people because they earn about eight to ten quid an hour. So, in other okay. words, they've got to earn... Th- well, how much do you think they get paid? You think they're doing it for love? No, they're doing it for money. Minimum wage, I would have thought. They're doing it for eight quid an hour. I've seen the adverts in the standards. <laughs> I think I might apply. I'm thinking of going, <laughs> <laughs> going myself. I'm a good salesman. <laughs> I'll get money out of people on the street. Yeah, I'm, I, I think it's absolutely appalling. Absolutely appalling. They go out there and uh, con people. Never, ever, ever hand over your credit card details to somebody you do not know. Whether they're chuggers or whatever, they're people who might... They might have... You know, they, they might be writing your card down with a view to... Uh, Passing details passing onto on to a gang. Yes, don't, don't ever, know. ever give your credit card details to and these also, people. You give them all your bank details, your yes. name, your address, your, your sort code, everything. You're giving them your identity. Yes. So all they have to do is phone the bank, give all those details out. And they can take money out. And or they pass it on to a third party for a backhander of a fiver. Yeah. You don't know, these people aren't security vetted. No. And, and you've never. given your details over. How should, would, you, would you phone me up now and hand me over your bank details? No, of course you wouldn't. And they ask you all sorts of questions, you know, like, what's your mother's maiden name? Yeah. All those questions that the bank will ask you. Yeah. Because so, they're filling it all out, so we have to do this. <laughs> and they make it look all terribly official. I wouldn't give them that. Certainly not. Dreadful. Dreadful. Uh, Steve, uh, uh, people always say Britain has massive unused land, so when there are plans to build and expand, they then protest. Those who have to move elsewhere should do so knowing it's not due to freak weather or arson, indeed, due to neighbourhood crime. Uh, such are the reasons many have to leave. This, is this referring to the uh, third airport? Is, oh, I, thought, I, was, well, I was wondering what yeah, they're referring to. could be to. the third airport. Do you I get lots imagine. of aircraft noise where you live? No. No. Well, are they, like... Bucking but put it this way, if, if you end up buying a place which is near Heathrow Airport, surely you're going to expect to hear an aircraft. Well, the Queen did. When she, when she moved oh. into Windsor, she said, yeah. I hope there won't be aeroplane noise. Apparently, they you don't do... hear it. You, well, she doesn't, because they fly around it. They don't yeah. fly over it. But I, I, I mean, occasionally, I might be outside and I'll hear a plane passing over. The rest of the time, you do. It's like, you know, if you live on a main road, do you hear the traffic all the time? No, of course you don't. Well, Only somebody else coming it. in. Yeah, you, you do get, but, but I have been in someone's house who did live quite near the airport on yeah. a Sunday afternoon and was it and it was a beautiful day and the you could not stand in their garden really because the aeroplanes seemed to be <laughs> coming into land on the third lawn on the left because it was very very close but fortunately they worked for the airline at the time oh right so, so they were just looking up and saying oh yeah. there's the office but i mean surely anybody who lives near an airport at some point you're going to hear an aircraft and at some point they might expand out it's just it's an occupational hazard I mean, actually, I don't have a problem with it. Where I live in Muswell Hill, yeah. uh, we we get a lot of aircraft uh, on a, on a, well, I'm only there on the weekend normally, yeah. but, it, but they circle. And do you know that's worse? They're looking for your house. <laughs> They're looking for my house. Aren't they? They're going, Drop a food parcel. <laughs> that one needs new roof tiles. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, look at that. That's dreadful, isn't it? And he hasn't still not taken that. We've, we've actually got a little cafe in Twickenham. Quite clearly stupid. They've still got their Christmas decorations up. Oh. Now, normally it's the fish shop that's got the Christmas trees out, which they still have, at least they've turned the lights off. 
So yeah. they can have a very good year next year, like this year. They must have had a record year. But there's a little, a little cafe in the high street. And they've still got their Christmas what, decorations. Proper cra- Christmas decorations. Proper Christmas decorations. Well, I've got what are called winter lights in the window. Winter lights. Winter lights. Uh-huh. Because I put them in, uh, in the middle of November. All right. Because they brighten up the window. Oh, that's all. I don't and mind that. They're just like little tiny little white lights, but they're not Christmassy. Really. Yeah. They're just like the ball. And they they look so nice because the nights. You know, it's dark at four o'clock, isn't it? Well, I don't know, I'm in bed by now, five past, past four. No idea. That's six o'clock in the uh, middle of the night for yeah. you, isn't it? But when you're working there and you've got those lights, it just attracts, attracts the thing. So they're winter lights, yeah. that's different. Well, I, I've, I've just given some light. You know, I've got these um, little tiny fairy lights which are solar-powered. Yeah. And uh, Paul, who's got the fruit and veg shop in Twickenham, his mum, Pat, asked about them. So I've given her a set of a hundred. And did she put them up? Well, no, she, she only got them yesterday. She said, I didn't expect to get them. I asked Paul to get the website address, but I'll give him the money. No, it's a gift, Pat. It's a gift. You just enjoy them. What you've got to do with them, though, is they're going to work better in, in sunshine when they're really charged up. In winter light, they don't do as well. So what I do is turn them on. They're very bright, mm. and they do eight different patterns. They twinkle, they flash, they stay on. Indiv- they're very, very clever. And, and plug them in? No, no they're, they're solar. solar. They're solar. They work on a little panel, and they've got a timer, a little box. Mm. And then you turn them off, Pat, for, say, a couple of days. Let them charge up with the light, and then put them on again. And they should last for anything. I mean, I've had them on for about eight hours. That's continuously. Good. Which actually, for little solar lights, but they're very bright little, little pea lights. And really nice. white? Well, these are white. I've got blue as well as white, and I've mm. got multicolour. Costco? No, strangely enough. No, it's, it's uh, a company called the Solar Centre, I think. Mm. But no, Pat, it's a gift. It's a gift for you. So Tell him I, I might have one of his pineapples later. <laughs> Whee! <laughs> <laughs> if he's very lucky. It, it won't be wrapped, lucky. will it? It'll be a plain old pineapple that you'll yes. just pick up. Yes, He won't have six bags and some cling film. No, no, no. He just, he just has fruit. In fact, actually, he's out there. I should imagine now they're actually setting up the shop. Oh, now, every morning, this t- he'd have been up for about two or three hours already, like Did, us. So they go to market? Yes, he goes yeah. to market, picks up the stuff. Then they set up the, the, uh, the shop. I mean, it's, it's quite exhausting. Six days a week. Yeah, I Six know. days a week. People don't realise that all of that goes on while yeah. they're asleep and then getting on the two. Whereas I'm actually used to getting up at this time. It doesn't bother And people say, what time do you get up? And I go, 2.30. This morning, 2 o'clock, I was wide awake, jumped out of bed, did my exercise, finding the bathroom, and, um, and then <laughs> finding the to toilet. They remember to lift the lid, because that's what boys don't do. They don't remember to lift the lid, do they? Well, you're the only boy in the house. It doesn't matter. How do you know? You don't know who's in my house. <laughs> Nobody else can get in your house. Yes, yeah, all right. We'll take a short <laughs> break. News. Here it comes. Morning, everybody. It's 11 minutes to uh, 6, so, uh, Pat Cooper, you're very welcome to them. I hope you, uh, hope you enjoy them. Actually, if, if you need some more, just, just let me know. Uh, another one here from, uh, from Anne, and she says, uh, I just made a spelling mistake in your address, so thank you for the uh, announcement of our concert at High Cross Church on Sunday. Venue was packed out. The Choral Society in Campbell is not a church choir. Anyone of any religion can join, so that's good. She says, my family will now be tuning in regularly. There what we like to hear, Anne. Thank Another you. Another six hundred thousand listeners. Gee, it doesn't get any. It really doesn't get any better. <laughs> As Richard Park said the other day, it's getting better. And it's better getting better and better. And better, and better. It is actually. It's so it, but the trouble is, you feel it. You do. You do feel it. You, you know, feel you the people, people say you there. can feel that there's a lot of people out there. I can tell by the response. I can tell by the amount of posts that comes in. I can tell by emails. I mean, I can tell by new listeners. I can tell by all sorts of things. Certainly by, by emails and texts. For example, poor old Dan, 
Who, you remember Danny had the twins. Oh, yes. Miley and, and Grace. Yes, just after Christmas. Well, the, the poor man's ex he's at home at the moment. He's supposed to be resting. He's exhausted. He can't wait to go back to work to actually get the rest. He's painting the nursery at the moment. Shouldn't he have done that before they arrived? Well, they're this big, for goodness sake. How are they going to know? You can't have paint fumes, can you? So they're, I think they're actually in with them in the, the bedroom. I thought, but shouldn't he have prepared all that? They have had six months to, to wait he's their arrival. He's been busy. He's had discos to do, for goodness sake. <laughs> I'm sorry about this, Dan. Do a bit of painting after the disco. He said, I know I'm mad. Anyway, hey ho, put down the iPhone and back to the paintbrush. <laughs> this is at ten to six in the morning. Isn't it fabulous, though, that you can just do that with yeah. your iPhone? But isn't it fantastic as well nowadays that you can actually, you can turn on the radio and then you can say, I'm just doing this, Steve, da, da, da. send it in to Steve Allen. He reads it out and you think, that's me. Yeah. Instantly. Instantly. What, I mean, what fantastic communica communicative skills do we have nowadays? And anyone can do it. Yeah. Anyone. You can do it from anything. And the fact that you can just send texts. What about that girl? Did you see that girl in America who ran out- 35,000 texts, was it? Yeah. I in a month. 45,000. In a month? Yes. He, she must have been texting every 30 seconds. Mad as a March hare. And her, when, I, when I had father questioned, she said, oh, I like to talk. She wasn't even talking, she was texting. I see people doing that on the bus, and they're going, and you think, I can't type that fast. I'm going, A, B, C, so da, 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 C, da, 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 U. And then I'm sort of going, going through, but it takes me forever. Now we know why you never reply to people's texts. I never do. Do you know, I find it easier to pick up the phone. Yeah, I know you do. And go, hello, as opposed to, I'm just trying to send you a text. Well, speak to me, tell me what it is. But I actually, say, I mean, I do email, get loads and loads of emails. But yeah. work, this is all work, really. Yeah. And I was answering emails this morning, so people are going to wake up and, uh, tomorrow morning and get an email, email from, from me you. That, at 03.55 and the time. Yeah. Well, I spoke to my friend Daryl this morning. He was going home from work as I was coming in. Mm. Frightened the life out of me in the back of the car and he threw himself out the window. <laughs> uh, Phil says, I've got a bank account in Nigeria. Can you pass it on to the chuggers to use some of the millions that I've won in the Nigerian lottery? <laughs> now, we've all won in the Nigerian lottery. I'm also the same account number as you. One, two, seven, six, four, eight, two, zero. It's funny that, you know, all those scams that we've <laughs> talked about over the years from Nigeria. Yeah. Nigeria is the main place that it comes from. We regularly at work get an email from... From Nigeria. It's obviously from Nigeria instantly. Well, they either stem from Nigeria or Amsterdam. Because what a lot of the Nigerian fraudsters do now is they reroute because people kept saying all the time, it's a Nigerian fraud. And the BBC did a big thing on how, how big a problem it is in Nigeria. And there was a whole group of men sitting around a table with secret, they had secret filming. And they were all doing these, yes, I want to really be your friend and I love you and I can't wait to come mm. and see you. And they were doing scams on single women. But out of the hundreds that they would do, and thousands, if only two or three bought, they would have money coming in. Listen, I need some money to get out. I'm in a dreadful situation. Can you send me, believe it or not, £20,000? Back would come. Yes, I, ha, who do I text this to? How, how do I send the money to you? Well, we get them. I can't believe people are that gullible. Well, people, well, people are, and we get them, and they come through, and they'll go, um, St. Saviour's Church, Lagos, Nigeria. Yes. Dear sir, we found your company on the internet, and you look like exactly the kind of company that we want to deal with. We need the following. Three flights from Osaka to London, business class, uh, and then Osaka back to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to Madrid, Madrid back to Lagos, mm. leaving on Thursday the 25th of January. Can you help us? For Mr. Blah, 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 and the names and everything else. Yeah. And they do it right. Please set this up once you have booked it all. We will give you a credit card. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. really going to do that, aren't I? But people do. And someone does every time. How many times have we turned on the television? I've seen on This Morning and I've seen on various other programmes. They had a man on there, too embarrassed to show his face because he'd fallen for the scam of, you have won a prize, please send us £26. 
so we can release the funds. So he sends £26, thinking it's only 26 They then go, we got him, got him. So they then write back and go, unfortunately, the company you were dealing with has gone into administration. We've taken over that company. Sorry to say that your, your £26 will add it to the to the total of the prize money that you have won. We've now got that. If you'd like to send us £119, we'll make sure that you get all of it and the 119 will be credited. So he sends 119 They write back, you can't believe it, for the third time, no. the company you were dealing with has gone into administration, we have now taken up... They do this ten times to this man. Ten times. And it, in the end, they took him for £90,000. £90,000. Oh, the man's an idiot. £90,000. His entire life savings, gone. And he sits there on television and goes, I couldn't help it. They just... I then got bombarded with letters from other companies saying, we've got this and, we, and can you help us? He said, and I found myself writing out cheques. But that... Didn't someone... No. Someone else no. that he knew They say, had his daughter stop. on there, and she said we didn't realise how much he was sending abroad. Well, you ask. Well, they he haven't got have it now. must have mentioned it over dinner one night. Or during Coronation Street. No, people don't, because they're, they know they're being fleeced. But he but, didn't realise he was being fleeced. Well, he thought there was something, but of course he'd, he'd got too far in by that time, and the letters looked so genuine. Madness. I mean, no, I mean, you know, you would think that. More money than sense. Well, well no, not more, any money left, Even I as think. we speak, there'll be people who've got an email going, this is <coughs> Barclays Bank, they'll be hitting on the fact that you might have a, a, a bank account with Barclays. We need, there's a bit of a problem, can you send us your details? And people will fill it in and send it back. I generally write two words. One of them is sex and the other's to do with travel. <laughs> and, uh, and wait and see if anything happens. Surprisingly <laughs> enough, they've never bothered replying to me. Because they're scams. You're supposed to report those to the bank itself. Oh, yeah, but it's like, if you if you get given a fake note, you're supposed to take it from the person and hand it in. But people don't nowadays, they get it's a fake note and give it back to them. Yeah, if you hand it, if you bank it, if you take one accidentally and you bank it in with your daily banking, yeah. the bank will get it and say, oh, you've got a fake note on Thursday, you're yeah. in your banking. Uh, I'm sorry, but you can't have that. And you can't even look at it afterwards or touch it. They won't show it to you. You've got to take their word for you've it. You've got to take their word for it and then the, you... That's tough. You've took the money. You, you're not being credited by that amount of money. Fright to go through my wallet. <laughs> if only for the moths that might get out at the moment. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't like to You always carry at least £35,000 in your wallet. Well, I like you? to carry a little bit. You never know when Loose somebody's going to come up and offer you a brand new house called Buckingham Palace mm. for ten quid. Do you have £10 on you? Yes, I have! <laughs> <laughs> so I can buy it straight away. And there was a... Did you see the thing about, uh, the... Uh, that George Bush is moving out of uh, the, the yes. White House next week. This, by this time that. next week, there'll be a new president in the White yes. House. And we'll be covering it live on LBC because Nick is flying out on uh, Tuesday. No, on Sunday. To Washington? Monday, to Washington, For the yes. arrival? Yes, he's going out there with, uh, with Kevin, who the, hopefully will be having a haircut before he gets there. Uh, well, Lucy pulls his pants up now. Well, he has, he's been told. I hope they both remember to, uh, to fill out their Esters. Oh, that's a point. Do they know about this? Esther. That they've got to I'm do sure. 72 hours in advance? Minimum 72 hours. Imagine what? they get there and they go, terribly sorry, Kevin, you can't come in because you haven't filled out your Esther. Yeah. Now, the Esther is really easy, and I did three for someone last night, yeah. for, for some clients who are going to Ask New York. him this morning. When, when he comes in, ask him, because it would, because Kevin's a bit, bit forgetful at times. With so much going on, there is a chance they might forget to actually fill in this form. So, in other words, it, how disastrous would it be if they get there and they get turned back? Well, they will. They will. They will, if you they don't fill in this form. have to complete it. Yeah. 
Yeah. He, he, he's normally... Yeah, I'm sure someone will have button. reminded them, whoever's done their tickets for them, yes. that you do need to complete this form. I think Sooty did their tickets for <laughs> really? them. Really? Yeah, Sooty and Sweep and Sue and all the other people <laughs> who are now being ridiculed in the papers every day. I love the name. I love the name. And yeah. I love the Nick Nick's trail that he does on the show. That, you know, he's talking about uh, Gaza and he's talking about all the, the credit crunch and everything else. And I wake up this morning and the main news is that this multi-millionaire Pakistani man who is in the army likes to be called Sooty. Exactly. So, what fabulous news. It's a great, great thing when you listen to it back. It's brilliant. <laughs> Airport, says Pete in Wimbledon. Uh, why don't they offer cheap housing to deaf people? Problem sorted. <laughs> Do you know, you're not wrong there, actually. You're not wrong. I mean, the trouble is, if you choose to buy a house near the airport, as I said before, then that's what you expect to hear, aeroplanes. I don't want to be sort of too basic. More after the news. The other side, when well, we've got a How Low. Today it's a Toshiba laptop. Finishes at 4pm. And uh, they're just launching a new book about the man who built the Richmond Theatre and loads of others. That's Frank Matcham. So I'll tell you more about that a little bit later as well, after the news, which is next. <laughs> London's biggest conversation continues with Steve Allen, LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's six and a half minutes past uh, six. Yesterday's Metro uh, had a story about a guy who lost £130,000 to a Nigerian scam, and he was a postman. Oh, Not a lot I can say about that, actually. Really? We have a postman in Twickenham who wants to be a porn star. Oh, really? What do you know about? I mean, isn't that amazing? Well, Lots of people do, I would think. It's quite good money. Well, it's not normally for a postman, is it? Well, postman, why not? Oh, okay. Fireman. Oh, right. Policeman. <laughs> anyone. <laughs> well, once you get your clothes off, you could be any, any, anybody, couldn't you? <laughs> I assume he is going to take his clothes off. He's not going to do it in his uniform. Steve says, Jen, I had to count up yesterday. It was 39. <laughs> 39. Is it only 39? Good Lord. Uh, this is for Jenny Barnett. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it, I'm afraid. That's Can't do it. shocking. Uh, Ralph says, what do you think of Paul Ross in Come Dine <clears throat> With Me? Funny and cheeky. He's always been like that. Oh, he He's has, always yeah. like that. Oh, lovely, lovely guy. Yes. Abby Titmus was on last night. She's way out of her depth. Even she admits she's out of her depth. <laughs> she's so far out I of her depth. I haven't watched it. It was a celebrity one, was it? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's got Leslie Joseph, who can't cook for toffee. Really can't cook. I mean, really can't cook. Mm. They have some bloke on called Rodney Marshall. Is it Rodney Marshall? Somebody? Anyway, whatever it is. He can't cook either. He's another complete <laughs> dingbat. But do you think they, they must do it on purpose? Well, no, because surely your agent... I mean, surely the, the, the people go to your agent and they say, we, we'd like to use uh, John Warrington and Steve Allen. And I'm either going to go, uh, no, because I'll need to go and rent... So I'm not having people poking around my place, thank you very much indeed. I'll go somewhere else. Or failing that, I'm going to go, I don't actually cook. I support restaurants, so let's go to a restaurant and have, have a dinner. <laughs> much easier. But you can't do that, can you? Because the whole, whole idea of it is to invite someone into your home and cook them a three-course meal. Well, I'm not totally convinced. I mean, when we had Caprice on a short while ago, she used her boyfriend's house. Yes, I remember that. I saw that one actually, with Caprice. Yeah. That wasn't her house at all, it was her boyfriend. It was her boyfriend I, just, I couldn't work out how on earth Caprice could afford a house with a swimming pool in the basement, until I realised that it wasn't her house. But doesn't she sell lingerie? Well, she put a name to it. I don't think she sold that much. <laughs> she didn't design Are you it wearing herself. it? No. Me. I never wear underwear. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's too much information. John Commando Warrington. Yes. Dan says if John wants to pop by and finish the painting, he can feel free. <laughs> there's not enough hours in the day to do everything. Danny's doing the nappy changing thing right now, and I'm just laying here watching. I <laughs> see. So you could be painting. Not doing yourself any favours on this one, Dan, at <laughs> no, all. No, you're not. Uh, although, from, from <clears throat> Gordon and Sandra, rooting for tooting. While queuing to buy a bottle of perfume in uh, my local Boots for my wife, a couple were wading their way through oodles of bottles to find the perfect one. Then they dropped one, sending glass and expensive perfume 
everywhere. Oh. The entire queue held their breath. A rather angry assistant came marching forward towards the rather embarrassed couple, looked on the floor and said, Oh, it's okay. It's only Kerry Katona's. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So that's okay, because when you cut out the middle man, it's toilet duck. <laughs> no one's going to buy it anyway. No, well, uh, I didn't know Kerry Katona had a perfume. Should we try a cup of lukewarm? I tell you what, why don't we try a cup of lukewarm, barely got coffee in it, <laughs> cup, um, you know, you which, know which, which taste, of, taste of washing up water. <laughs> That's what you should do. Go to Starbucks one week, get one of their coffees with an extra shot, because otherwise it doesn't work, and then just put it into one of those normal cups and say, there, see, I make fabulous coffee. Yeah. Unfortunately, we'll have to put up with the one from the machine, which is nice. Uh, don't forget, coming up this weekend, Bill Buckley with food and drink, Andrew Pearson from from 11 till 2. They're now calling it Andrew Pearson Friends. Oh, are they? I like the sound of it's that. It's starting to sound like the Terry Wogan show. And it is a little <laughs> bit. And it's better. Uh, Letitia Dean is joining me, joining me for In Conversation. I like Letitia Dean. Yeah, it's a very naughty conversation. Is it? Nick Conrad's uh, mound, uh, Morning the Demise, one of, one of London's most iconic venues, the Astoria. The Astoria has gone. I don't know how they're allowed to pull it down. And Ken Livingston is here from 10, and John Cushing is scoring. Way! Again. <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> I have to do that. I have to do that. Johnny says, I'm off to Los Angeles to film a new show. It's called No Talent and Annoying Bloke Looking for a New Friend in America. We must pay homage to the multi-talented Paris Hilton, the British public are lucky to breathe the same air as this woman. <laughs> I know, she's over here. It's, it's... Not again. Yes. Didn't she make the television programme about looking for a, a British friend Well, or that's something? the one that's airing, I think. Okay, it's coming out. Yeah, she's, so coming she's out. promoting it. Yes, she's promoting it. Was she on the Golden Globe red carpet the other night? I think she was the Golden Globe. <laughs> she was <laughs> <ahead>. Not entirely <laughs> sure. Do you know what? I, I Sky Plus <laughs> the Golden Globes, thinking I was going to get the awards ceremony, yeah. and I got two and a half hours of red carpet rubbish with all those oh. silly American people going, oh, you know, Brad, you look fabulous tonight. What are you wearing? If I had Balenciaga yes, always, I know, but they always ask. You know why? Because that's how they get the plugs. What, what difference it makes what the men are wearing, I don't know. But what the, what the ladies are wearing, everybody's interested. You see, vital. poor old Carla Romano, oh, I'm convinced <laughs> is a sex change on GMTV, <laughs> discussing the dress, and you think, yeah, it's just... <laughs> It, it just doesn't matter. But Where did she come it, from? Well, they, they got rid of her from GMTV here and shoved her to America. Oh, was she already on GMTV? She, she has been pilloried in private eye yeah, for weeks. She, she, re she <laughs> replaced the girl that you don't like on Loose Women, don't yes. you? Yes. With the hair. Yes. <laughs> the flicky hair. Yes, the flicky hair. And uh, she's terribly Scottish. Terribly Scottish. In Los Angeles. <laughs> yes. And she look, when I see her sometimes, I think... You do look tired, dear. She does look exhausted. <laughs> she really does. And she also sounds as like she's smoked about 60, you know, capstan full strength. Yeah. But she, I mean, she's quite fun. She's quite down to it. They have a man doing it sometimes. Yes. Well, you know who the man is. I know the man. Oh, I can't remember his name now. But He's he used to be tanned. married to a friend of mine. Yes. Really? Yes. Yes. Yeah, you sound surprised. <laughs> yeah. He is straight. <laughs> well, I'll just yes, he, he was married Which to a friend, friend of mine. Is this? Uh, a friend who was in a show in London. It'll come to me later. Uh, Steve, uh, thank you very much indeed. Oh, we've got Paula in Shiseido listening this morning. Oh, good morning, Paula. She celebrated her birthday the other day. Right. 27. Oh, 27. Good morning to Colin, a friend of mine. Who's also For celebrating a birthday. Who's 40 today. <gasps> oh, Colin will be in tears at the moment. I sent him a text last night. Yeah. And I said, um, I bet you're look very much looking forward to being officially middle-aged. Oh. 40. Oh, here we go. Look. It's a big one, 40. Lovely. This looks lovely, doesn't it? Let's see this what we've done. making a noise. Making a noise? <laughs> That's what is it? Hot is that my hot chocolate? And it makes a crackly noise. Oh, it makes like a crackly it. noise. And it tastes good, it's actually. It's got bubbles on the top of it, so don't ask. <laughs> really? At least it feels hot. 
Is it hot chocolate from Mars? Do you know, it feels hotter than this one. Or did you throw it into the XFM studio? This, what, the XFM? XFM. Are they in there at the is moment? from hot chocolate. Is, is Alex Zane squeezing into his trousers, <laughs> even as we speak? Is he in there now? <laughs> I heard he's Lord. squeezing out of them. <laughs> what? These, th- well, your feels hotter than mine. I wish I'd had the hot chocolate. The hot chocolate's lovely here. You got me onto this. This is horrid. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> I think the tea looks <laughs> dreadful. Is that tea or coffee? It's coffee. No, you don't want the tea. <laughs> the tea's you awful. Don't, I mean, you really don't want the tea. Take my word for it. I'm having a sample sent away. <laughs> Whatever happens to just good old kettle? Um... Or don't we have that anymore? Yeah, there's a kettle there. We do have it? a kettle upstairs. Actually, we have a very good machine upstairs. But very good the- machine. She hasn't, the poor girl hasn't got time to go all that way up the stairs. By the time she brought them down that corridor thing... Well, I've bought something which is going to be a boon for her in her later years. <laughs> and it's in my cupboard at the moment, and I bought it in Costco the other day. And it's one of those flasks which you fill with hot water... And then all we do is we bring it down, yeah. and she pushes the button on the top, and it dispenses boiling hot water. So yeah, brilliant. We, so we can actually make our own tea and coffee, but with hot water. Yes. Unfortunately, the, the distance between the shelves, I mean, it has to lie down, because it's too big. But it's, I've used it before. It's very good. Yeah. So, you used to have a, a stainless steel one. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll start that next week. What do you week. think of Obama's waxwork, then? Looks very good. But I I've, always said, I've always said that Madame Two Swords, surprisingly, here we go, I think that they do black people... Much better than they do white people in Madame Tussauds. For some, you you go and look in there, and you look at Nelson Mandela, and you look at Muhammad Ali, and you look at Barack Obama. They look like the real people. Mm. When you see the white people, it's something about the skin tones. I've seen them close up, and I find some of them very very scary. Yeah. We went to the Ideal Home Show once. We were doing a program from there, and they had a Madame Tussauds section, which had Alan Titchmarsh, and it had um, Anton Deck. I remember that. You went into this kind of room, and they well, were I tell all there. You, yeah. I thought they were going to move. I seriously thought we were going to walk past and one of them was going to touch me on the shoulder. Because you go up to them and look at them, and the skin tones, from a distance, they, they, <clears> they <throat> do look a bit waxy. But close up, they've got veins. Mm. You expect this thing to move. To, and when I walked past Anton Deck, I seriously expected the little one to reach out, and I was, I was bracing myself for a heart attack. <laughs> I seriously was. It, it's that frightening if you've seen them close up. Yeah, because I, they I look have seen those real. Ones. Yeah. They were all in a very modern room, like an apartment, weren't they? Yeah. And there were people in the kitchen and people in the living room. Do you remember that Noel Edmonds Christmas present <coughs> some years ago? And it was a bloke who uh, <laughs> was very seriously ill, very seriously ill, and um, he, he wanted to fly to go to his daughter's wedding, but he couldn't because the doctor had said, your, your condition is such that you shouldn't really fly. So what they did, unbeknownst to him, they brought his daughter and her husband over and they put them in Madame Two Swords her and her veil and everything else and the husband, and they stood there, and they were showing him around Madame Tussauds. They'd made some excuse mm. to get him there, whatever it was. And Noel's saying, and this is, um, this is uh, Muhammad Ali and this, the royal family and all the rest of it, and this is, this is a typical wedding scene. And he looks, and he does a double take, and he looks, and then his daughter comes to life. Well, this man just burst into tears. and I think it was I'm going to cry now. Because Noel said, yeah. he said, we know that you can't go and see her in Australia, so we've brought her here. And, of course, he'd never seen the husband. And I, I thought he was going to die on the spot. Oh, it was really touching. It's a lovely story. Lovely story. Mm. Really nice. Bring back Noel on the BBC for Noel's Christmas presents. I know it's on Sky, and I think it's very good, but I want no- Noel back on the BBC. I'm sorry about that. It's just me being personal. Yes, yeah, I think every more, obviously more people would watch it. Yes. It's a bit like oh, Silla's, go to uh, the surprise, surprise. A little bit like that. Although, strange enough, Reed Biggins' book and he says, all people remember the re- are the reunions, not the sketches and everything else. 16 minutes past six. <laughs> News headlines, Lucy Campbell. 87.3. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. 6.20 is at uh, the time. Ross King is the other presenter, yeah, says can, Karen. Thank you for that. I can see him now. Yes, Ross yeah, King. Used to be married to... Uh, his wife was called Helen Way. 
Right. Helen Way, and she starred in Crazy For You. Oh, yes. And they got married, that. and they moved to America. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's presented for years. Yes, he has. He, he's he, been around He's a bit years. Keith Chegwin. Vic Keith Chagwin. Uh, Mitch says, I watched an episode of Come Dine with me where a contestant had the food catered from the local restaurant. So oh, yeah, I suppose you could do that. You could yeah. do that. The Ivy? Yeah, I'll I'd tell the Ivy tonight. I see no reason call. why you shouldn't. Yeah, I'll mm-hmm. just phone... Or failing that, uh, a lady friend of mine uh, managed to get... Um, what's the one at the Hilton? Trader Vicks. Trader Vicks, Trader Vicks yeah. to cater. Christmas, she got Trader Vicks to turn up with all this food. On Christmas Day. Uh, it was over Christmas, and it turned up in scallop shells, and we had mm. practically the entire menu. Practically the entire mm. menu was catered. Yes, I, I, some friends of mine had a party um, in the country for mm. a, a birthday party, big, big 70th birthday party, and the Ivy pr- provided... Uh, 50% of the food. It was all sent down, all the plates and a big cake How they lovely. did. Amazing. It's a wonderful, lovely. wonderful day. Well, we love so. Actually, good news for Twitchers. Uh, the story in the paper is of uh, Paul Freeston and Tim Twiggs. <laughs> Tim Twiggs. Sorry. It's uh, not a funny name at all, actually. But they hid in bushes to take uh, snaps of the very, ray, re- very rare grey phalarope. Now, the grey phalarope was over here. Apparently, they waited years and years to see this one in Cornwall, and Mm. they caught it feeding. And so they were taking pictures, and then... It's really really quite sad, because being twitchers, they were quite impressed. A buzzard came out of the sky and picked it off the crowd and ate it. No. I know. It's awful, really, isn't it? Did they take a photograph of that? Yes. They took photographs really? of the of the buzzard swooping in on this. Uh, you know, there it is, the grey phalarope wandering along, you know, la 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 la, <laughs> having a little whistle, you know, all by itself. And this buzzard swooping in low, plucking it out of the water, and taking it off lunch to eat. An RSPB spokesman, Peter Exley, said buzzards ate carrion, but rarely attack live birds. He said it's a one in a million chance. These these two twitchers said our jaws dropped <laughs> as we watched this bird being carried off. Yeah. Because I've seen other birds, seagulls, I think, taking puffins out of the sky. Puffins? Puffins. You know puffins? Yeah, <laughs> yeah little penguins. And they launch themselves from cliffs, and the seagulls or the buzzards pick them off. Baby puffins? No, adult you, puffins. You've been watching far you know, too much David Attenborough. I've watched David Attenborough, it is true, I did watch David Attenborough, but that's what they've actually done, they, they pick off puffins, which isn't good. Uh, good news to see uh, two... I th- thought they, they were drag, but it turns out to be Amanda Holden and Kelly Brook... <laughs> Wearing an awful lot of makeup. In fact, if you see Kelly Brook without makeup, that's the scary bit. Well, didn't she go out with Danny Cipriano? Yeah, but who hasn't? I mean, we've all been out with Danny. <laughs> You've I mean, had several everybody. dates with him. But there is another story in the paper today, which I promised to mention earlier on, and I think it might be in the Express, and it's about um, it's about um, a caravan park. Hmm. And I promised to bring you this story earlier on, but I've now lost the blooming thing, and and it's terribly sad because apparently the people who live on the caravan park. The, uh, the travellers, have complained about the noise from the motorway, which runs next to their caravan park. Uh, not only the noise from the motorway, but also people shouting obscenities from their cars. And they're complaining about this? They're complaining about it. So they've had a £50,000 barrier put up to protect them from the noise of people shouting obscenities. Who paid for that? Well, the the taxpayers paid for it. Really? Yes, absolutely. I wasn't consulted. No, I wasn't consulted either. But they, uh, but they, 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 they do have it. And the reason is, although, as anybody who tell you, I don't know how this works, but if you shout out of a car window at seventy miles an hour, I don't think anybody would hear anything, would no, they? No, not at all. But apparently, th- these people must have the ears of a hawk 
because they can hear it very well. Are you sure they're not sitting at the side of the motorway? Well, I don't know. It doesn't say that. It says they are actually in the park. I shall find it, actually. It's, it's most peculiar. I've never heard of this story before. But, uh, but they're having this, this barrier built... And, and it's purely Stop because the noise. they don't want to hear the noise and they don't want people to shout obscenities at them do anymore. They, do they pay rent when they go into these fields and set up camp? Uh, well, apparently in this particular one, no, they no. didn't. But as, as somebody said here, they're, they're actually more, more worried as to, as to what they're hearing. And also, if they're called travellers, why are they not? <laughs> well, they have travelled. get my drift. They've they travelled have travelled to that to field. That field. <laughs> and they're, 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 they're considering where they're going next. It's an awful lot of money. A lot, 50, isn't it? A lot of money to spend on a, of money. On, on a barrier. I'll, I'll find the story in one minute, just so I, okay. just so I can tell you exactly, just while we worry about Heathrow. Talking of money, mm. talking of money, did you see the, um, the, the Alan Sugar profile that Fiona Phillips did? No. Fiona Bruce did on the BBC on no. Sunday. It's on Sunday. I like Alan Sugar. Uh, well, so did I. And the programme, I thought, was very good. And they, uh, I thought she did it quite well. She's a bit sort of, I don't know, she's a bit kind of bland, um, Fiona, Fiona Bruce. Oh, is she? Yes. All oh, right. I mean, she's not, you know, she doesn't come out at you at the screen you may want to watch her. I mean, she does the Antiques Roadshow, doesn't she? I always, I always class her as typically British uh, BBC standard journalist. Yeah, she's standard. She has that look. She has the, uh, the short hair yeah. and can sit there perching. She's got nice legs and, and she just reads auto cue. And she looked fantastic in the yeah. Alan Sugar interview. Yeah. And she followed him around and went to his gorgeous house in Spain. Oh, the house. Is it nice? But they interviewed his wife. Nice. Lady Sugar. And Lady Sugar. Lady Sorry. Sugar. <laughs> Lady Sounds Sugar. Funny, as opposed it? to Lady Gaga. Yeah, as opposed <laughs> to Lady Gaga, who I'm supposed to know about because she's a big <laughs> she, star. Well, she's number one. She's on on Saturday night. Yeah. But she just doesn't wear many clothes. Doesn't she? No. Who does these days? Well, well, I do. Well, Lady Sugar does. She yeah. wore beautiful clothes. And she, has, she, she, she said she has never, ever interfered in anything to do with his work. She said they married when they were quite That's both young. <laughs> they, were, they were both very young and he was a, he's a workaholic. Yeah. And she said, but whenever he came through the door, she knew by the look of his face whether he had a good day or a bad day. And she said the dinner was ready. She said, and we would only ever talk about family things and, and just the normal run of things and everything else. She said, the only time she said I lost my rag was when he bought Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Oh. Because they were fans, but he spent an incredible amount of money on buying them. And then it all went basically very wrong. Yeah. But she said, I've had a wonderful life, and we've had a wonderful life. We've married together. Three lovely children. I've oh. got to say, the nice children. And then they had this big party for sick. his birthday. Are you? Why? It's beginning to sound a bit sycophantic. What, this, this, this story? Yes, this story. I mean, some of the people that had worked for him said that he is the most unpleasant man to work for you've ever met. Oh, I can well imagine. But he but was he's successful. Clever. Very, very, very successful. I mean, he, he brought the computer to everybody's homes with Amstrad and everything. Yes. And he still makes the sky boxes. A byword for technology, together with Binatone. Binatone, that's it. They had all these, all yeah, the adverts yeah. up on, in this programme. It was very, very, it was very, very clever. And, I mean, now that we don't even make televisions anymore, because they closed the, the, the last factory, didn't they? Okay. Uh, more on that later. Uh, we must mention her this morning. Her name is Luciana Byrne. Uh, Luci Lu Luciana Byrne, you'll have probably seen on a MasterChef. Uh, or as we prefer to call her now, Master Crook, because she turned up on there and, uh, unfortunately, Luciana Byrne, when she impressed the judges, uh, she gave a watching benefits officer food for thought, because he'd seen her before. She's a benefits cheat. She's a crook to the tune of £26,000. She intended to be a celebrity cook. He said, what, what she is now is a celebrity crook. And they then, he saw her and went, I know you. You've been claiming money. 
So consequently, they check with the BBC, and it turns out she is a benefits cheat. 25 minutes to uh, seven. Uh, not going well for Mr Blacker, but as we all know, persistence pays off, <laughs> which is good news. <laughs> we hope so. Yes, yesterday, Alex had Dancing with Bubbles, mm. which won. I did it. Yeah, tote returned £3.80, profit £1.80, total loss £8.97. Your hucking hero <laughs> came, came fourth. What a hero it was, gentlemen. <laughs> uh, total loss £11.20. <laughs> That wasn't very good, was it? Wasn't very good at all. No. no. Where are you? Where are you getting these tips from? I think I'm going to have to change my sources. Yeah. Yeah. Eleven pounds oh. twenty. Yeah. That's a lot to lose. Well, it's not really. We still. I mean, we are in a week. It's in a, in a week. Yeah. We're well, January the sixteenth. I thought he was trying to oh, say two weeks, to buy that yeah. footballer for 105 million. <laughs> Do you know I saw a thing about a footballer on the front of one of the papers today? Which one is it? Where it said something about 103 million or yeah. something. He's just talked about it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Is that what he's worth? Well, that's what they're going to pay for him. Really? He plays for Milan. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Does he really? Good God! Where do they get 105 million from? From the Abu Dhabi owners oh, who have uh, what... several billions to spare. Who that's just pocket change. Well, there's, a, yeah. well there's, yeah. there's apparently another Russian billionaire who's going to buy the standard or 78% of it. Uh, yes. Where do these people make them? Apparently this man who was a KGB spy owns a bank. He did. He was allowed to buy it uh, once I'm obviously in the wrong business here. Things. Can I be a KGB spy? I thought you were. Well, I don't want Steve to talk about it commonly. <laughs> I would rather <laughs> we got the horse racing right first. <laughs> anyway, Friday's also ran. It's the 130 at Chepstow. King Fontaine, which sounds like a reggae group <laughs> to me. <laughs> King that Fontaine. Or a Russian oligarch. Yes. Mm. Oh, that, that's our new word on the, on the sports desk. News desk, sorry. Obli o oligarch. 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 oligarch <laughs> for whatever I've never heard it before. Someone very rich. Is it? Mm. Well, it's not me or, or Phil, I'm afraid. No. So, King Fontaine, 130 at Chepstow, and you're going I'm for? I'm going to uh, Lingfield for the 220 Sea Cliff. Sea Cliff. Cliff. That's in SEA. SEA. SEA Cliff. All yeah. oh, right, Sea Cliff. They give horses funny names. Come yeah, on, Seacliff. Come on, we're going for a walk. <laughs> I can't the name of What was your horse yesterday? No, uh, we're not going into it again. <laughs> the that one that you lost the Hucking hero. Hucking hero. <laughs> <laughs> he loves that. It just, it just puts a smile on his face yeah. first thing well, in the that's morning. That's the only reason I picked that one. Exactly. We thought you might have done. <laughs> I think, actually, Mr Cushing picked it for the same reason. <laughs> just to go for that cheap laugh first thing in the morning. Mm. OK, we'll Worth keep our it. fingers crossed. So we found it on... Monday. Monday, yeah. All right, Phil, have a great weekend. And you. Thank you very much indeed. Phil Blacker is back with you. Uh, Nick, next week, is going to be in America. Washington. In Washington. So I think on, uh, <clears throat> one, I think on Monday when he's flying, it might be Monday or Tuesday, I think Andrew Pierce is, is doing breakfast. Yeah. I think. I can't remember, actually, exactly. We'll find out. But I've got this story. This is uh, in Richard Littlejohn. It also appears in lots of the other... Uh, papers as well. Mm. South Cambridgeshire District Council is planning to spend how much on a soundproof wall to protect a gypsy camp alongside the A14 from being subjected to road noise? I was wrong. It's not £50,000. It's £500,000. Oh, that's ridiculous. That's half a million pounds. Half a million pounds. Families on the Blackwell site at Milton have complained about the constant rumble of traffic, also claim their lives are made a misery by cars and lorries beeping horns, flashing their lights and shouting obscenities. Well, to be honest with you, I mean, if you drive down a motorway, I'm blissfully unaware of what's either side of the motorway at all. And also, no you idea. wind down the window and shout out because there'd be too much air coming in. Of course, uh, Richard Littlejohn says, given that the traffic roars by at 70 mile an hour, I thought it highly unlikely anybody would be able to hear any drive-by shouting. Councillor Nick Wright said Blackwell has become a very uncomfortable place to live since the homes don't have double glazing or soundproofing. Give it time, says Richard Littlejohn. The grant application is probably in the post. He added, they're entitled to their privacy. 
No doubt, says Richard, these residents live a blameless, law-abiding existence, pay their taxes on time and never ask for a penny in benefits. Unfortunately, the same can't be said for some other travellers who've managed to get themselves classified as an ethnic minority and therefore a protected species. In Bedfordshire, even the police were told they couldn't object to the sighting of a gypsy camp because it would be racist. Meanwhile, back in Cambridgeshire, down the road in Cottenham, an extended family of tinkers, in inverted commas, moved on to private land five years ago and have up until now resisted all attempts to move them on. Locals complained of increased noise, litter, crime and intimidation, to say nothing of loss of privacy. Cottenham has become a very uncomfortable place to live too. It's a pity South Cambridgeshire Council didn't spend £500,000 on a wall to stop this illegal camp being set up in the first place. The curious thing is, says Richard Littlejohn, that once they've dug in for the duration, they don't seem very keen on travelling anywhere. It is the rubbish, though. It is the rubbish and the mess. Litter. And it is, unfortunately, a small proportion <clears throat> who ruin it for everybody else. The ones who go out there and don't abide by the law. But can you just pitch up? Apparently so. No one kicks you off. Who uh, owns the land? Um, Someone I'd, must actually physically well, own be a farmer or something like that. That land? Yes. Suppose he wants to grow turnips on it. Yes, well, that, that's where you hit a problem. Because you can't. You can't. Because there's five or six... In the same way that if somebody, if somebody moves into your property while you're sitting in here and changes all the locks, it's going to take you six months to get them out again. Yes. Small wonder that people resort to brutal, I'm going to hire a bit of muscle to come in and get them out. You can't do that anymore, can you? You can't, but there's a there's family no of... Well, there's another family in the papers today. Uh, a family living in a £2 million house. They're asylum seekers, but nobody knows how they've sought asylum here. Uh, and apparently they've caused over £30,000 worth of damage to the house. And the woman who owns it wants them out. Yes, she doesn't she... want them here anymore. Well, she can get them out, can't she? Uh, not without going it's through not... the law, because it's being mm. rented through the council. Through the council, yes. That's so the she problem. has a contract with them. And actually, if somebody does go into your house, they can't break into your house. They can't break the lock. If they break the lock, they're breaking an entry. Yeah. They have to go into the house because you've accidentally left the door open or... Or, or they've got or a window has been left in. open. Well, I'm not even sure about a wind. I think yes. I think yeah, they have to have open access. Yeah. For them to just walk in. Oh. I think it does happen. Doesn't oh, it, it does happen. Absolutely. I mean, I think in derelict houses <clears throat> where squats come up, yeah. if the house has been stood there empty for years and years, more fool the owner. Years, then they're, they're that. Then yes, they're o- they're asking for it, really, aren't they? And then why shouldn't that give a home to someone if it's sitting there empty forever? And yes, ever? but you see, I mean, I, the squatters. I mean, I don't have any time for. It's like people, I'm sorry, I have no time for people sitting by the side of the road with two dogs on a blanket. You know, <laughs> money, give me money. For the get dog? Off, get off your bottom and get out there and work. Yeah, well, they Like everybody do. else has it. You can go round to places in the morning, you can work as a kitchen porter, you can do all sorts of things. No, they prefer to sit, the drunks, the alcoholics, the drug addicts, they sit there doing nothing, you know, with, with dogs, and they should be doing something. But I think if you've got a dog, you get a little bit more money because they give you some money to pay to feed the dog. Well, I don't believe that. I think that's a lot of old rubbish. There was a couple yesterday, just I'm getting to Waterloo, uh, a man and a woman, quite clearly drunk, off their skulls. They, they, they were putting down paper on the floor, and I couldn't work out what they were doing. They were laying out paper, and I thought... Newspaper? Newspaper, and I thought, what are they doing? And then as I got level with them, they both sat on it and held out their hand for money. I hate to tell you, but I did use a very rude word, knowing that they couldn't get back up again in about five minutes. But when I, I went to Sainsbury's home base the other day, and I was I crossing the North Circular Road, yeah. and they, as you come up to the lights there, those people that come up and do your windscreen well, Not my there. windscreen. Well, well no. <clears throat> make sure, here, actually, before John tells you this, if you are 
driving through London at the moment, because there are a lot of these people at traffic lights, make sure your doors are locked. Many of them thieve from the seat next to you. Mm. Little children come along the side of the cars. While one is cleaning the window, the other can open your car door, nick your wallet, your phone or anything else, and they run off with it. And I've seen it happen. So lock your car doors. These people are thieves, OK? Yeah, Sorry. well, they are thieves. Yeah. And it's interesting. They, were, they weren't having very much luck. Because yeah. <coughs> once one goes no, the whole <coughs> line goes no. Oh, well, I always go no. I put yeah. my windscreen wipers on. So they can't. Do I always, it. I was. Uh, funny enough, how much English they understand. I always say, "Touch this car, you're going home in a wheelchair." Okay. <laughs> and strangely enough, they don't touch it. But they, but they do, and they, they started on someone, and the man really lost his temper and wound the window down and said, "Get off my car!" And then they started shouting abuse at him. Yeah, yeah. And you just think, got a cheek, really? Yeah. There's no, unfortunately, that's when I, I, well, I don't, I don't get out the car because they do thieve. I have to take a very quick break. Back in a sec. BC ninety-seven point three. It's 11 minutes to 7. It's impossible to live in London and not have a view on the Heathrow expansion, whether it's the noise, the environment or your holiday plans. LBC 97.3 is giving you the chance to put questions to our Mayor of London, Boris Johnson, and the Assembly members and find out what they're doing for the capital and its people. People's Question Time takes place on Wednesday, 21st of January, at the Beck Theatre in Hayes, discussing the issues of the Heathrow expansion and what it means for the environment, business and residents of London. To request free tickets, call the box office on 0208 560 Full terms and conditions. Look at the website lbc.co.uk. And I forgot to mention the Toshiba laptop earlier on in the uh, in the How Low. <coughs> I don't need to tell you about it. It's a great all rounder. This one, small and light. You can carry it around town. Huge hard drive. It's got a 15 inch screen, preloaded with Windows, and the lowest unique bid will win. Which means the lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. So be quick. This auction closes at 4 p.m. today. You text LBC. Then your bid in pence, and send that to treble eight two one. So if you want to bid twenty eight pence, you text LBC twenty eight and send it to treble eight two one. So LBC, then your bid in pence, and send that to treble eight two one. Bid will cost you one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Lines close at four pm today. You must be over sixteen. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions, and good luck because it finishes at four, and somebody will be phoned. Louise, we're on the Isle of Dogs. Thank you very much indeed. I did thank you actually very much indeed <coughs> for the uh, for the tiles. We did get them. We did get them, and lovely they are too. So thank you very much indeed. For the tiles. 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 Like Ti- tiles for bathrooms. Oh, bathroom tiles. Bathroom tiles. Very nice. What yes. colour were they? They were... They're sort of camel-ish. Mm. Camel-ish colour. Camel-ish. Camel-ish. <laughs> Was that camel-ish sort of elephant colour? Camel-ish. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> yes. More, more elephant, I would have thought. Elephant. More it's elephant. Great yeah. boy, boy George has said he refused to give evidence at his trial for false imprisonment to spare his dying mum the heartache. Unfortunately, uh, George, I'll tell you this now, and everybody else has told you, you are the one who has caused your mother's heartache. Yes. Through your drug-taking, through your bad behaviour, through your foul mouth, you're the one. It's not a case of sparing your dying mum the heartache. You've given her the heartache. Yes, it's a bit nobody, late. Nobody to blame but yourself. I know you're a reformed character, but unfortunately you were found guilty of handcuffing a male escort to a radiator. I know it's not everyday kind of things, you know. I mean, I could understand if it was the plumber to make sure he stayed there, or the double glazer, or the decorator. Or he bled them properly, before bleeding he, yes, the radiators Bleeding properly. the radiators. But you're the one who's given, you know, the heartache to your family. And uh, it, it's just appalling. He says, he, this escort is stitching me up because he knows the money he can make. Listen, it's no big deal to say I was an escort for Boy George. In fact, if anything, I'd keep it very quiet. And if you were an escort, you would have been paid for your services. Absolutely. Morning, Andrew. Are you with us this morning? Or? Yeah, I'm just doing pay-per-view. Oh, right, oh OK. Just wondering oh, right. why you were in, actually, early. Oh, SDN, or, um, radio thingy. Oh, right. Lovely to see you. <laughs> 
Lovely to see you. He was lovely on Sky News the other night. Who was that masked man? Yeah. Excuse me, would you mind not carrying on a conversation? Absolutely. Oi, get out. Heavens above. I'm shouting over the desk. Never heard anything like it. I do love Kevin Covell. Have you seen him? He actually dug up the drive of his family home and dumped 20 tonnes of rubble on his estranged wife's car. Because he accused her of pouring paint stripper onto his. And uh, he has been spared jail. He caused £10,000 worth of damage to his own car. And so he dumped uh, 20 tonne of stuff on her car. Uh, it's incredible. I love what a couple that fall out. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. They're, they're always estranged. No, no. And a, goodness me. He dug up. He dug up the whole drive and then dumped 20 tonnes on her car. I love I mean, the headline. It's headlines. hilarious. Uh, how is your marriage going? <laughs> That's a great headline. They do come from it? Norfolk. They do, yes. They look like they I don't want Norfolk. to say anything, but in Norfolk it does get, you know, a little bit heated. There's a really nice story in The Guardian today. I know we don't do big papers in this. No, this we program. do. Absolutely. We always do the big papers. I love a, I love yeah, a big paper love a big in the paper. morning. And it's quite good because the, in Europe they have now just reduced their interest rates um, by 2%, um, and which means that the pound is going to start creeping up in its strength with the euro, euro, right. the euro nice. which is exactly what we want, because we can't have it at one-to-one. But you see, Britain went into recession much, much sooner than Europe, and they're going to follow suit, and it's going to be much better, which means that if you were thinking of going to Europe for your holiday, that you will at least have a few more euros in your pocket to spend come yeah. the summer. It's very important. Very important. Very, very important. A Premier League footballer broke down in tears after blowing how much in a casino in one night? Usual sort of thing. £100,000? Million. Oh, that's ridiculous. Million. They get so much money, it is appalling. Yeah. I mean, th- I love the idea that he actually broke down and cried. I-, I laughed, I'm afraid, because I always think, as you say, more money than sense. Mm. Of course, had he won, it would have been different, wouldn't it? But, of course, the only winners are casinos. Of course. That's what casinos do. they're in do. business. And, actually, shouldn't he be made to give a percentage of those, those losses to charity? Because well. he just flittered that money away. I-, I, th- I think it is disgraceful that somebody would be allowed to lose a million pounds in just a few hours. Well, they do lose. Well, money. according to the paper, they say that Wayne Rooney ran up a £700,000 debt in a gambling ring. In the they all do it because they've got so much money. They've got so much money. They can aff- Mind you, I've always said, if you, if, you, if you afford to gamble, make sure you can afford to lose. But you see, if I was earning £150,000 a week, hmm. I wouldn't go anywhere near a casino, or I wouldn't even put a bet on a horse. No. Because I, 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 it physically upsets me to see money wasted. Yeah. Oh, you get upset? I do, yeah. I can't oh, right. even bear... You know, I, when, when I'm on cruise ships and stuff like that, and, and I'm with friends and they go, come on, let's go into the casino for yeah. a minute. I, I, when I watch people constantly putting that money into the machine yeah. and losing it, losing it, it, it actually... It does something in my stomach, yeah. and I can't bear to watch it. You see, I, I never bother. If, if, if I put money into a machine in, in the betting office and I win, I walk out. If I put money in the machine and I lose, I walk out. I'm not one of these people that keeps putting in to try and recoup what I've lost. No, but... but so if I start is... with 20, that's it, I walk yeah, out. Yeah, you go out with a set amount, I'm willing yes. to lose £20, and then once that's gone, you walk away. But that's not what 90% of people do, because no. it's the most addictive thing in the, in the country, isn't it? Yeah, I went in yesterday... Graham said to me, I'm going to have £10 on a machine, and I had £20, and I walked did out. Did you? Where did you go? It's one of those arcade things. No, 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 not street. an arcade. No, no, no. Which, uh, a, a betting shop, proper betting shop. Oh, right. Where yeah. They play, play a roulette wheel, and I won on red and the number 25, so I walked out with £68. And you only put in 20 quid? 20 quid, and, and Graham lost. How much do you lose? I think he lost ten pounds. <laughs> so, but it, but that's it's horses for courses. So I'm up on the deals. If I happen to lose five pounds later on today or ten pounds, I'm I'm fine. So there'll be no Christmas decorations in his window again this Sadly year. Sadly not. No, he didn't have them this year. Very disappointing. <laughs> I did buy him the Christmas lights. In the, 
He spent Fencing it. Fencing office. Spent it. Terrible. Uh, Andrew Pierce is doing the papers for Nick just after the news at seven this morning. Uh, Danny, uh, Danielle Lloyd was out on the town last night at, uh, at a London premiere of Will Smith's new movie. Why do they invite people like Danielle Lloyd? I've got no idea. Because she's on the list of... In, 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 she's on the list of list. not actually working, so she can get... But most people must go, who are you, dear? Who it are you? What, you, what yeah. are you doing? Uh, I mean, it's quite interesting. On, on what did I say? In the, in the, the Oliver premiere the other night, yeah. there wasn't very many uh, interesting people Got there. Got rave reviews, though, didn't oh, it? Oh, the reviews. Even Nicholas de Jong, who never gives anyone a good review. Well, he gave it three star. Oh, well, that's all right. From Nicholas de Jong, that's yeah, good. Yeah, from Nicholas de Jong, that's quite that's good. five Although, star frankly, from everyone. I think he's passed his sell-by. <laughs> I think he should have gone ages and ages ago. Gok <laughs> uh, Wan is coming back onto the television. We like uh, Gok. Sorry? I like him. Yes. And that's actually, he's actually coming back, he wants Daily Star readers to apply, so you can imagine what sort of oddball programme <laughs> it's going to be. <laughs> I like him. Which I is a shame. Now, you're not watching uh, Skating on Ice, are you? No, I'm not. Oh, honestly, no. Ray Qu- I bet Susan Spence, is she still in that... She's still in the lighthouse, thing. Yes. The light- still in the lighthouse. <laughs> Goodness me, what's she doing up there? She, anyway, she, uh, she would have liked Dancing on Ice. Did yeah. she mention it on Wednesday? Uh, I can't remember if she did. No, she didn't. We oh, talked she, about The Lighthouse. But she will love it, because her man's in there, Ray Quinn. Yeah. Who was the runner-up. Anyway, he was excellent. Yes. And I do like The Dancing on Ice. I think it's the best celebrity show of all. Yeah, it does have Jessica Taylor, who's quite clearly realised, the same as anybody else who is, whose career has fizzled out years ago, that you better get out quickly on the town, so complete with loads of slap. And uh, husband, the former England captain... That's Kevin Peterson. They decided to go out where they could be photographed by the paparazzi. Well, of course. Enjoy your five minutes, Jessica. Enjoy it. Uh, incidentally, when you go out to your uh, local pizza place very shortly, you're going to be told exactly how fattening your uh, curries are and your pizzas. Mm. You probably won't touch pizza ever again. I love pizza. I know, but it's so bad for you. Waitrose one is fantastic. Yeah, but any of the ones that you buy in the cheap places where they do a pizza, complete with three toppings and a drink for two ninety nine, it's really chronically bad ingredients. I wouldn't have that one. No. John, thank you very much. My pleasure. John will be back with us uh, very shortly on the programme. Very shortly? Well, I don't know, I'm well, saying shortly, because I never minutes. know when it is. It <laughs> could be in about five minutes' time. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> have a nice weekend, everybody. I'm back with you on Sunday. Letitia Dean's with me for In Conversation at 7. Don't forget to podcast the programme later on today. Thank you for podcasting up until now. And don't forget to keep podcasting. Tell your friends, as they say. Tell your friends. friends. Enjoy your Friday. I'm back with you, as I say, Sunday morning from 8, but from 7 with In Conversation. Don't forget to podcast and enjoy the rest of your day with LBC 97.3, because Nick is after the news, which is next. Get lost in the wilderness of the Everglades at 